0: KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup exclusive to Fox footy available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO now also available on Hubble. G'day guys and welcome back to the Dylan Friends Podcast. I've got a serious treat for you this week. One of Australia's best and most popular comedians, Nazim Hussain. You probably know Nazim from his television shows Legally Brown and Orange is the New Brown. He's performed all over the world, open for Dave Chappelle and he's even got his own special on Netflix. In this episode, Nazim shares what it's like growing up as a Muslim in Australia and how he got discovered as a comedian. We talk about jokes that didn't go to plan, dealing with hecklers and much more. He's a great bloke. I can't wait for you to get to know him better. Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some lighthearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, how exciting! Uh, A first of many for the Dylan
1: Friends Podcast,
0: Nazim Hussain. Nazim, welcome to the show, mate. It's an absolute honour and a pleasure.
2: Thank you for having me. Um, It's uh, good to be talking to someone. Is that how it's
0: been for you at the moment? Obviously, we're in isolation. Um, are you, have you been doing much? How have you been keeping busy?
2: Uh, you know what? To be honest, like um, life of a comedian, most of the time we are actually at home, um, except at nights when we're gigging for about an hour or less. So th- it hasn't changed too much in that regard. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty used to being at home and finding ways to, to procrastinate. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm doing trying to keep fit at home, You know, doing Zoom workouts with my friend, you know, just do the usual. You start a, a new hobby, but then drop it a couple of days later. Um, cooking, but then also eating junk food and Uber Eats. So it's just, I don't know. This is this is just kind of normal life for me, but heightened. Yeah. It's funny,
0: isn't it? Like, as uh, as you said before, mate, I've been uh, doing much similar. I've been watching <laughs> a lot of Netflix. Um, sure. I've been tuning into your podcast as well, which has hey. been fantastic. Uh, okay. Survivor's Guide to Coronavirus. Yes. It's fantastic. Now, today, I was listening to, uh, listening to an episode. It was your latest episode. I think you dropped it today. Um, <laughs> and it was talking about the actual workout stuff that you've been doing. Now, <laughs> it did spur me on, mate, because it, there was points there that were brought up that I was fascinated about and things oh, that God. really hit me between the eyes. And I thought, shit, this is actually a thing that's happening now. Because people are in isolation. And yeah. a bit like yourself, which I'm, ha- I'm hoping you'll explain, you're yeah. going to be coming out of this a new man like you're sounding like your fitness resume at the moment is going to be absolutely killing it i actually have gotten a lot worse
2: look i don't know Dylan. I, I, that's the intention the intention is to, you either get fat or you get shredded so you can't really you know i'm a bit of an extremist in that probably a weird thing to say as a muslim but i'm an extremist <laughs> in, in non-violent ways i'm either all on or all off and so um yeah like basically so this personal trainer that i've got um Ryan Wilson shout out. he's He's a great guy, um, trains a lot of bodybuilders and sp- and proper sportsy people. And so he you know he, he, he his advice is basically based on science. He's like, if there's food in the house, you will probably eat it. If you can see it, you're probably going to eat it. There's like, and he cited all these t- studies and stuff which say if you've got access to it, you're way more likely to emotionally give in. So you've got to just make it, you've kind of got to have tricks for yourself. So you got to have it out of sight you got to put it in places where you might forget that it's there so he suggested the car boot or the shed <laughs> or your neighbor's place or something but just get it out of sight but which, which is a problem because yeah like uh yeah, my house is pretty small, so everything's pretty much in reach, <laughs> and, um, and I always buy stuff that's on special, like, so those, you know, Tim Tams are like half price, I'll buy like three packets, <laughs> it's bad. But anyway, yeah, so I've gone a complete extreme where I've just, all the only stuff that's in my house right now is just the food that I am happy to eat in accordance with his bloody regimen, which is boring stuff, to be honest. But, uh, you know, better to binge eat carrots than chocolate. But.
0: Yes, yes, I've always said that um, and it's good for the vision as well. Um, yeah, it is.
2: But basically, it's tough because it, as soon as I finish a meal, I'm just like, oh, man, I've got to wait like four hours till I can mm. eat something again.
0: And that's the thing, isn't it? Like I suppose what you're saying that at this time when you're procrastinating so much and you come up with these ideas, like for me, for example, at the moment – um, I, I I don't know if you know a lot about me, but I used to be an absolute elite AFL superstar. Um, I, know, I know. I like was a genuine superstar. So it's, <laughs> uh, and I know you know, like everyone knows. I that.
2: know everyone knows you stats, <laughs> mate. And and you're robbed oh, of the brownlow every year that you play. Yeah,
0: well, that's that's another podcast in itself. But <laughs> it's funny because since I finished playing footy, I was like, look, I'm never going to work out again. You know, like I've done this my whole life. I'm so over it. But as soon as you get locked into a house, all you want to do is go out and. At the moment, mm. I've picked up and today, even listening to your podcast again, a survivor's guide <laughs> to coronavirus. I all I want to do now is go for a run. I literally went home, <laughs> went oh online, went and bought like a whole new running kit because like I'm the sort of guy that if I do something, I need to be in the right kit. Like Jeez. it's something to do with yeah, like, the yeah, uniform. Yeah. So yeah. I went and bought a whole new running kit. I got my runners, and I've pretty much got this plan where by the end of the year, I want to run a marathon.
2: What the hell? Are you serious? So what? How, how many K's can you run now?
0: I today I did the 10, which is about four kilometers.
2: Wow. So, okay.
0: So you're, a, you're 10% got of got the way the, there. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've got a bit to go.
2: Well, I can. I mean, to be honest, I'm really bad at like. Oh, I can do like maybe middle distance, like maybe maybe 4K. I could probably four five K six. Like, is not painful for me. Anything beyond that, I hate it. Actually, I don't really do a whole lot of cardio. I bought a skipping rope, did it for a little bit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I've got to watch more like. Inspirational boxing movies—they always get me pumped. I'm pr- I'm really surprised that the podcast got you inspired because literally just before you called me for this, I was just um I just <laughs> uh, I was just basically eating uh, cereal. <laughs> so it didn't work for you. Didn't work for me. Oh, no, also. but like you know, I, I'm like I the cereal is like I, I, I intend to normally just eat that for breakfast, but um and then and then other stuff for the rest of the day. But between meals, I don't know. I just it's just a pastime. It's just something fun to do in the house. Well, you got to keep yeah. yourself entertained. Yeah. So, so you can. So, how are you get? How are you getting prepped for the for the marathon? Are you are well, you running every day? It's only day one. I haven't sorted that out yet. But I've, oh, I've okay. spoken oh, to so my mate. Just
0: today. Yeah. It's just. Oh, I listened to the podcast this morning, and I. Oh my god. I, yeah. As I said, I've got the kit. I've got the runners. Everything yeah. else is sort of good. Yeah. Um. Now it's just actually doing the rest of it. I'm thinking oh, I want to run at least <laughs> every second day. You got to have at least twenty four hours of yeah. recover.
2: Um. Well, Do you normally like start these sorts of health kicks and then give up after like a couple weeks?
0: Well, mate, that's the thing. At the moment, it's so hard for me because for so long, like my whole life, it's been my job. And I respect people now that are fit so much more because for, you know, I was paid to be fit for a long time. Like, Mm. you'd rock up to a club and, you know, what it's like to work nine to five, you you rock up, you do your work. Through that nine to five, that was me just training. So I'd go home. Yeah. Now it's like you work and then you have to go and train it's it's just like it's yeah. so hard it's so much harder than when
2: you put think. it that way like I feel like uh, not being super fat is like that makes that, that makes me feel really good yeah no you've so, mate, cool. you've done well no no but just generally I think like that you've, that, that's a really great way to frame, <laughs> to frame <laughs> not being super unfit it's just like well elite athletes that's all that's what they're paid to do nine to five yeah whereas uh, if you're fit outside of a normal life you are killing it.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep, yeah, no, 100%. And mate, look, to be honest, I've probably gone on for that way too long. Um, that was just meant to be a 1 minute intro, but I'm really happy with how what oh, really? how it went because it was it was good clarity now and I'm really happy that you're across my um my new goals. Look, I want to talk about you because this is what the show's about. Um, as oh, man. I said, mate, I'm I'm a big fan um, and I want to get to the crux of this because as you mentioned earlier um, uh-huh. and the, and the listeners would have heard, I've done your intro and I've absolutely pumped you up to the nines, but, <laughs> uh, being Sri Lankan yep. descent, uh, obviously yep. you're, you're migrants from, uh, migrated from Sri Lanka. Your parents did, yep. obviously you were born in Australia. What was yep. that like growing up as a kid?
2: Well, you know what, like, um, so your producer, Luca and I, we went to high school together at Melbourne high, um, which is uh, a pretty nerdy school. <laughs> Um, people come from everywhere, and it's and you get in based on an exam that you sit. Like you've got to get, you do well on this exam. But before that, I went to the local primary school and then the local high school. And my local primary school was pretty monocultural. Most, pretty much everyone was white except for me and this other kid, Rumin. He was some Afghan guy. This little kid who who just used to always do the the sound, you know the, the intro music to. Um, uh, the Price is Right, he just, that was just him, that was him, and then there was me, and then my older sister and my younger sister, we were the only ethnics in the school, and so you realise pretty quickly that you're the only ethnics in the school, and so, I don't know, looking back, it's kind of funny how, as a kid, you realise that you are the different person in the class, and that you sort of develop coping mechanisms, like, uh, just you just figure it out, you just have to realise, you just have to figure out ways to kind of get by and... Cope with all sorts of stuff that gets thrown your way, whereas um I don't know if I'm as adaptable now in life. Like if someone says something annoying to me, or if I'm slightly inconvenienced, I get real pissed off, and it like I have to figure out ways to draft passive aggressive text messages or <laughs> rants on Facebook. Whereas you just sort of like I don't know, as a kid you just you, yeah you're way more adaptable and you put up with. Well, that was me anyway. My personality, I think I developed a bit of a sense of humor as like a weapon. Yes. Um, whereas so my older sister, she was she probably retreated a bit um with that sort of you know that kind of like let's call it what it's like racist bullying my youngest sister has a bit of the same personality as me you know she's quick tongue and um and 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 can win over some like a, a group of people so i don't know it's it's it was strange australia back when we were kids was a very different place to what it is now like now oh my god so much more culturally diverse like we're all Pretty, we're way more globalised. We sort of all understand each other a lot more. Like to be racist feels archaic publicly. Like you're not allowed to. It's it's unpc whatever you call it. Like it's not right. Whereas back then it was just sort of normal. Yeah.
1: Um, I so suppose. Yeah. It was it
2: was a challenging time, but but yeah. Like now, yeah. It's it's very different. I don't know how the hell I you know kids kids like us were able to just get through it <laughs> so, so easily.
1: You're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. It's
0: funny that you say that about Australia now because I feel like, and again, I'm a you know just an average white male, and it feels weird even saying that. But
2: oh mate, you are you are above average. Oh trust me, I'm really
0: not. Um, and <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't really have any experience with racism at all, but. It's really funny because a lot of your comedy, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard, but you like to play up on, not play up, but you obviously joke <laughs> about being a Muslim and the things that go along <laughs> with that. And as someone today, like as I was watching, um, I was actually watching your episode on Netflix today. So Comedians of the World, oh, Nazeem Hussain, yeah. which is, mate, it's, it is fucking funny. Like, it oh, is hilarious, not, not bro. Bad. No, No, seriously, it is really funny. And Thanks, the whole time that I was thinking, like, Am I allowed to laugh like this these jokes <laughs> like I'm pissing myself laughing? Like you're laughing about like you know, things that I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say them. Like
2: uh, Well look, to be honest, you know what? That's I feel like um what you're describing is the first like five minutes of my stand-up shows normally. Like so normally, you know, if you do an hour stand-up show or 90 minutes, the first five minutes when I'm when you make when I'm making jokes up, up, up on stage, like I can see the crowd, they they can't they're not really look at it. what happens is People that are white in the crowd will look at non-white people and figure out if it's okay yeah. for them to laugh, and then brown people will look at white people and be like, oh, "He's making jokes about white people. Are they laughing?" And then they'll, and then they'll get permission from each other to sort of laugh, like it's these sideways glances that go on, and then everyone just chills out, and then they it, like properly enjoy the show. But I but I but I always expect that. I'm always just like, all right, everyone is gonna be second guessing each other. Cause I kinda like as a comedian, well I like to make fun of obviously my own experiences. White people, brown people, growing up as a Muslim, Muslim stuff, my family like you kind of point in all directions. So it's um yeah it's kind of it's interesting how comedy like necessarily has to skirt that line a little bit and cross it and and the, and I enjoy like people laughing but also not knowing whether they should laugh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why but it's really fun like uh I, I, you know until I don't get away with it anymore but right now it's it's I'm not in any trouble so
0: Mate, exactly right. I just have no idea what to do sometimes, especially, especially watching that one today. Like, if I was in a live audience and the things that you were saying, I I honestly don't know, you know, what I'm meant to do.
2: Well, well, that's what I, I, I really, really miss. Like the thing about live performance or like live comedy shows is that, yeah, like if you're watching at home, like, or if you if you're not in the room. Thing like you don't really enjoy it in the same way. Like, whereas if you're in a room with a stand up, you're watching a stand up comedy fest or f- comedy show, it feels like a big in joke. Like, the show is for the people in the room, and so you're all sort of in on it, and it's like a shared kind of group sh- experience sort of thing. So, like, yeah, I don't know if that sounds a bit wanky, but, but, um, but yeah, like doing comedy in the room, like, uh, riding off each other's energy, like, it is just, you know, if there's no energy, if there's no laughter, if there's, you can't do it, the show just, is dead so it's kind of it's the thing that i miss like performing too so it's it's probably weirder watching like i can't watch myself do stand up to a room because (laughs) you're definitely not i'm not conscious of the camp well you are conscious but you don't think about the cameras at all because really you're playing to the people in front of you yeah yeah and when you watch it i feel like oh do they get the You get the same energy because when you're in the room you're like part of it and you know um yeah so it's kind of like a conversation Yeah, this is all the theory of comedy.
0: (laughs) No, I'm loving it, mate, because I've always wanted to chat to a comedian about so many things, which we will get to in a bit. But firstly, (laughs) I do want to know, how did it get to this? Because as you said earlier... Yeah. um melbourne high school which for all people that live in victoria in <laughs> melbourne um yeah. you know to have a comedian coming out of melbourne high school is probably not something that you would really think is you know appropriate like to get into that school you have to have an end you don't you like get in at year nine because you have to give a test to get
2: it's really it was a very 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 n- academic nerdy thing yeah it was like we so i think the rule is a three percent rule i don't know how it works but Basically, yeah. Your producer, actually, Luca Ganano. So he, he he and I used to be really good friends at school. And he was like... Well, he is, but He He's was super a, a smart, super man. smart guy. Yeah. Super smart guy. Very funny, you know. And um, yeah, like I think in a way... So everyone... Like I remember the school that I went to before that, Mount Waverley, um, secondary college. Oh, it's beautiful. Was, yeah, it's not, not a bad school, but I remember like <laughs> the, back then before social media, there were like these chain emails. And I remember one of them was like, you know, it had like you know you go to blast school when they X, and so mine was you know you went to Mount Waverly um, when the weed is so good qual- such good quality or something. <laughs> so like my school was famous for high quality marijuana, <laughs> <laughs> like, and so that was a sort of and I remember at the school like I used to um, do assignments, and there was one teacher she used to l- literally accuse me of plagiarizing from the internet or from no from Encarta because she just thought didn't that, believe no, you're you were that good. You, you, she didn't believe that I could. Yeah, that I could write. It wasn't like exceptional, but like it was definitely like not the standard that she expected from the students. And so I'd have to dumb down my essays. Oh, like my it God. wasn't to to try hard at school was not cool. Whereas at Melbourne High. The first thing I noticed was that all the kids would be really excited about learning, and that was like to me so exciting. Like I just remember going, "Oh man, this is cool. You actually can really try hard, and that's and to be kind of." Popular at school meant that you did well at school, and that was a really new and exciting experience for me. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I think it I would sound, have been better at Mount Waverley, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, if you enjoy uh, CBD or whatever it is, <laughs> they probably still sell it. The students probably still sell it, you know. So, we'll not that I'm encouraging it. No, we're
0: Yeah, it's kind
2: of science, isn't it? Like, it, yeah, some, it is. Some, yeah. yeah. you, well, you got to be passionate just, about something. Exactly. So, no, it was um definitely not what I expected to do comedy. I sort of fell into it accidentally. You know, You're a lawyer, <laughs> weren't you? Did, did you I studied law you and studied science. Law- and I, yeah. yeah, I worked as a tax consultant at uh, PWC for a few years. And I was just sort of doing comedy on the side, just like mucking around and and I did this show called Salaam Cafe with with Waleed Ali and, and um, some other people in the community, and that was on Channel 31, and then we did a season on SBS, but it was sort of like just stuff that we all did alongside, well, what I did alongside my normal life, and then it just sort of, things got a bit busy, and the gigs just kind of kept coming in, and, and I eventually got a show called Legally Brown up on SBS, which I sort of, you know, that took, that was going to take six months to film, so... I sort of went to my bosses at work and said, Oh, look, I'm do- I've got a television show. And they're like, Oh, you know, is it your own show? I was like, Yeah. And they said, Well, you know, you could either take six months' leave of absence or you can just quit and just know that the corporate world is always going to be here. So what do you want to do? And I think they were encouraging me to quit. <laughs> 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 but, um, but no, that, so, so I just I thought, oh, screw it. I'll just quit. I just, I just thought I'd take the plunge. And yeah, then I quit and I thought I'd be back, but things just kind of kept rolling on. So. I never really planned. Never planned a career in comedy; it just sort of happened.
0: So you were just you were just hustling on the side, like going to those gigs and and whatnot. Because I yeah, I would I'd go watch um, when I was living in Melbourne. I'm obviously back in Melbourne now, but I was living in Sydney for a, a few years. And we, uh, my missus and I, used to go to this place in the city, and it was called like the Improv Center or oh, something yeah. like that. And yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. like man, this joint was the best, <laughs> funniest place I've ever. I'm going to get the name of it, and I'll I'll yeah. put it in the in the show notes, but. Basically, it was, like, amateur comedians and, Uh like, amateur improv people. So, like, people that don't know what improv is, it's pretty much, like, you know, that, like, whose line is it anyway? But, like, live and they, like, say, you know, I'm a cat and they'll come, like, tap on the shoulder. One person comes out, comes in. And it was the funniest thing in the world. And I was thinking, is this actually how people get picked up, like, to go to, like, be big comedians?
2: yeah it's kind of i don't know like see yeah so there's also so improv comedians and stand-up comedians it's like um there's actually a um they're kind of two schools of thought like so st- improv is completely improvised so it's so the audience will say some stuff and then they'll improvise some scenes together um where a standard comedies is essentially rehearsed material that's written and um they're both schools of yeah, they're very, very different sort of forms. But I think, I think, in a
0: polite way, you're trying to say that has nothing to fucking do with what we're talking about right now.
2: I think I've just gone. No, I think I've just gone on a story. I think I've just told no, a no.
0: shocking story that has nothing
1: no, to do. No, with... No. Oh wow. cool story.
2: No, it's weird because it's like you've kind of entered into this like uh, this war of worlds. No, no. Like I said, stand-ups are like oh, improv comedians, and improv comedians. I think look at stand-ups and go, Psh, you guys can't think on your feet. So it's sort of like uh, it's this it's this weird divide. But yeah, like that we we. We often share the stage and it's the same sort of thing. But um, I don't know, it's very weird. Like, you know, the, the way I sort of ended up on television or doing TV stuff is because um, I used to do stuff on Channel 31. Yeah, so that's. Uh, SBS? I guess, yeah, they did that yeah, the show. Well, yeah before that's Channel 31, and then Salam Cafe. So Salam Cafe was a show that we did on Channel 31, which is just a bunch of Muslims talking shit. And then, that, and then SBS picked that up for a, or a season. And then off the back of that, like, I used to play some characters, you know, and then off the back of that, then uh, this show called Balls of Steel. They asked me oh, to do a I loved that. Oh,
0: love that show, Balls of Steel. That was yeah, so
2: it was that was fun and ridiculous, and you know. And then, then off the back of that, then um, SBS essentially offered me my own show, and then that was Legally Brown, and then did that for twenty episodes, and and then yeah, that sort of never really looked back uh, at a life outside of comedy. But it's sort of just, I think now, like you know, to to break in comedy, to sort of become somebody. You know, you can do it a number of ways. Some people just have, like, a great online following. Other people are hustling at the stand-up clubs and then they get noticed and, you know, comedians talk amongst themselves and they all sort of know who the... It's, it's way more of a meritocracy than, say, other... Like, say, music. You could be in a band for ages and you could be really, really good, but just for whatever reason, because of labels or the, the way radio works or the music industry, you might not ever get discovered. Whereas with comedy, it's sort of like if you're funny... It's kind of hard to ignore you for long yeah. because, you know, like yeah, there's it's it's like well, I just think yeah, it's sort of there's it's not like you need to be I I don't know I feel like funny tends to rise to the top more in Australia, not to say that, but isn't like it's such a small community everyone sort of knows each other.
0: Yes, yes, I know what you mean.
2: Um, so yeah, we all and it, and it's really supportive. Like, you know, you compare say music to comedy. Um, you know, like backstage at comedy gigs, you've got like the biggest names. So like Hughie or Julia Morris or Ursula Carlson, Merrick Watts, like hanging out with like people that have maybe three weeks in and just sharing notes or like really? kind of comparing jokes. Yeah, because you're in a way, you're only kind of as good as your last gig. So if, you know, if a big name goes up, does a, does a joke that. You know, yeah, they're famous, so they'll get some laughs at the top. But then if the, 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 the jokes have got to be funny. And if they're not getting a the laugh, they're not getting a laugh. So
1: You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Check out more eps at dylanfriends.com.
0: Is it true um, that some of those, like, not naming those people there, but, like, comedians in general, is it true that the big dogs do get some jokes written for them? Is uh, that a thing?
2: Some, sometimes. Like, yeah, like, I think, you know, for TV, definitely, like, you know... Um, there's always comedy writers that are working on those shows. But you know what, like all comedians and I'll I'll t- include myself, like when I, so if I do a if I do a set, um, as soon as I'm done, backstage some other comedians will be like, Oh, you know how you did that bit? You should do that. You this, should try should and add this yeah. bit on the end. Yeah, you yeah, should yeah. do that, blah, blah blah blah. And we all sort of write notes for each other and sometimes text them to each other. Like, you know, I think it's kind of just a it creates a good culture to sort yeah. of share and collaborate like that. <clears throat> and, you know, I think There is also competitiveness, which is good and bad. You know, you sort of want to, you know, the bitterness is weird and is never a good thing, but it's also like it kind of pushes us forward to to try and be better than each other, Um, which is why, you know, the best comedians come out of comedy dense cities like London and New York, um, where there's heaps of comedy clubs and heaps of comedians trying to get on at these comedy clubs. Yeah, you've got to be good at it. Yeah, you've got to be good.
0: And one thing that I'm always. Really love um, looking up on YouTube, you know, when especially in a period like this when there's nothing to do, is comedy um, comedians versus hecklers. Now, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it, like those videos, I I love watching. I think Jimmy Carr's yeah. got like a million of these sort of videos. <laughs> Have oh, you brilliant. in your career had any um, any experience with hecklers? Uh, has anything come up to you like that?
2: Oh, you know what? Like, so sometimes when people ask me, just like, what's the bit? I actually can't remember specific heckles because they happen so often. It's kind of (laughs) like, I guess, a tackle in football. It's just like all the time. So you'd be doing a gig and then someone will just say something and then you just have to go to them immediately if it's obvious to the room, like something, the worst is when it's just like just before a punchline and then they say something and they screw the whole bit up and then you're like, oh man, now I'm going to deal with this heckler and you've wrecked a joke. Yep. So it's, um, it's like, a, it's kind of like in a way. So you might spend ages writing this routine, you know, like, oh, this is funny, this is great. And then the audience will laugh. But as soon as someone says something drunk in the audience or tries to take you down and then you, you know, say something funny back for the room, that's the funniest part that's of the whole the best, routine. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and you're like, Well, I just said something about his mum, and and that was the funniest part of the show it's all this cleverly worded stand-up shit. They don't care. They just want to see you take down someone in the room. So it's kind of like good. In a way, I'm like, oh, if someone says something you know, and you can take them down, it sort of proves to the room that you can think on your feet kind of thing. um, But also, and also it looks harder than it is. Like it looks way harder. Like it's actually not too difficult. You know, someone says something, more, most of the time, you just ask them what they said, and they won't repeat it. Yeah, and then you know, and th- if they do repeat it, you've got the microphone, you know, and you can control the conversation. So they're only answering your question. So actually, the power dynamic is completely in your favour. It's yeah, it's 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 a, it's. Yeah, uh, this, you're just making me miss comedy.
0: I can't do this shit now. It, oh, no, I mean, it is a highlight. And I, like I said, I watch a lot of comedy, and it is obviously one of the highlights of when um, when that shit goes down. I want to know, though, like in my career, there's obviously been some really embarrassing moments. Um, and on, look, it's not like on field. Like I'm not a comedian. Yeah. But I mean, you know, playing footy and, and just in life, there's always embarrassing moments. Um, yeah. I suppose when you're a comedian, I'm sure there's like, you know, probably not yourself, maybe some other people. There's got to be some times where jokes just don't go the way that you want it to and oh, it just man. doesn't oh. float well or you just sit there and go, fuck, that
2: was shit. <laughs> Dude, there's so much. I think one time I said to someone, what are you, blind? And they were. Um, oh. <laughs> I can't remember. They said something else, and I remember saying, what are you, blind? I threw a music at someone, uh, Helen Razor. She was was one of the first people that I've, oh, had come to the show. She reviewed my show. And and I remember like I made fun of her the first half of the show. And I used to do a show with another guy. And then I kept making fun of this person. Something, something just kept going after. And then I went to a backstage my friend, Ami, who's like, Nazim, that's Helen Razor. She's reviewing the show, you idiot. Oh, no. And then I went out there. I was like, hey, Helen, sorry about that. I had a muesli bar and I threw it at her and it hit her face <laughs> because she's legally blind. Oh, so you know, <laughs> I just basically threw food at a woman's face. And yeah, uh, anyway, she just laughed hysterically, like like, like she enjoyed that. But um, I've done so many. I've just it's just man, my my career is full of cringe moments, and the uh, I guess my trick is just actually forgetting it, uh, forgetting about these things because I'm a forgetful person. But if you think about them, like you just want to quit every day. Oh yeah. Oh, do you know what I did the other day on Insta Live? This is bad. So I've been doing some Instagram lives. I was talking to to someone on Instagram Live, and uh, you know you can you can invite someone to join your chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this person was on my chat, and so the comments just keep coming up. You know that people are just commenting, 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 and someone wrote. This person has more chins than the Chinese telephone directory, you know, calling them fat yep. and also using a racist thing. So I was like trying to delete the comment, right? So that that person wouldn't see. Instead, what I did was I pinned the comment. Oh no. <laughs> and so it was at the top of the chat, like the title of the video as this person was talking to me. I was like, shit. And so I was trying to not have a panicked look on my face as I was trying to delete the comment. It stayed out there for a good 20 seconds. So, I hope she didn't see it, but she probably did. She probably just thought, this guy, <laughs> I just platformed a, a, a troll. Anyway, whatever. Oh, my so God. That's, that's in my past as well.
0: That's such a good topic, embarrassing, quick <laughs> I, I actually need to build that into the show a bit
2: more. Oh, you do. It's so cringe. It's it good. gives me like a physical reaction. No,
0: seriously, it makes everyone feel a little bit better about themselves, I think. <laughs> Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted. In my life, I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Maddie Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian Women's Community Club will get the chance... To draft the AFLW GOAT Aaron Phillips to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Erin down, enter now at the CarltonDraft.com.au. That's theCAltonDraft.com.au. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks Stream play, exclusive in Victoria, Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria, and Essendon versus North Melbourne. Jeez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup exclusive to Fox footy available on K.O. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western conferences finals live with ESPN on K.O. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with K.O. Now also available on Hubble. One thing about being a comedian I can imagine is the old like thing of someone says, hey, I do comedy. Tell me a joke. Oh,
2: tell us a joke.
0: Is that like the is that like the bane of your existence? Is that the worst thing I can say to you?
2: <laughs> it's one of the worst things you can say. I actually don't, I still don't have a comeback for that. I don't know what to say. All I say is, oh, you should buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Like it's horrible. Like it's such a because comedians don't tell jokes. No, they don't tell jokes to one person. Like you talk to a group of people differently to the way you talk to one person. Like you don't go up to one person and go. Hey man, the thing about uh, relationships is that, like it's just this weird thing to say yelling at one person. Um, so I don't, I, I just don't know how to explain that. When you don't tell someone a joke, they're like, "Oh, I thought you were a comedian." You're like, well, yeah, I thought you knew what comedy is. Anyway,
0: <laughs> no, I, well, let's just let's just like end it now for everyone out there, guys. If you're <laughs> listening, just never say that because I can. Or if you
2: want to annoy the person, just say that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a great
2: that's like the number one way to piss off a comedian and then they'll tell that story to comedians the next time they're backstage at any gig. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> now we touched on it earlier, but obviously being a Muslim, right? In yeah. the can I just say something? Yeah. I know this sounds so stupid, but like I still <laughs> feel weird saying that. Like does that is being that, a
2: Muslim? Yeah, like I feel ba- oh, it's better than than saying to me being a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: being a Muslim in, in comedy when did yeah. that like there isn't many Muslims in comedy not that I know of anyway you're, you're the probably most famous one that I've I've Wait, come let's, across let's
2: hope it stays that way yeah exactly
0: <laughs> when did it come probably okay But when did you come to terms with that I suppose being obviously it's a strict religion um, you yeah. make jokes about a lot of things you know in the religion yeah. which are, are funny but do, do other Muslims get offended by that sort of stuff?
2: You know what? Like first and foremost, I've always, I used to do comedy like in the Muslim community, which is probably how originally I started. Like I was sort of like the community comedian guy. So you know, I'd be emceeing events or um, hosting the trivia nights and just sometimes weddings. And so I was like the funny guy for. So like actually. Um, most people don't, like, most people don't interact, have many interactions with Muslims because we're a small community and you just see us on the news. But in the community, we are like super un-PC and we joke around heaps and, um, which is kind of why we did that show, Salam Cafe, Channel 31 and SBS because, you know, we sort of got fed up sort of seeing Muslims on TV not look and sound and joke the same way that we did. Yeah. Um, so actually, yeah, like Muslims come out to my shows heaps, like they, you know, they're probably, the the, the joke suggestions I get after shows, like, after any show, people always come up and they go, oh, you should say this, or you should say that, or joke about this. Muslims tell me the wrongest stuff that I could literally never joke about or say. But yeah, like, so, it's kind of like, not that nothing's off limits, like, a lot is off limits, like, you know, with Islam, with Muslims, you're not supposed to be making fun of people that are probably, like that it's bad to make fun of. So people that are like older than you or that you're supposed to respect and people blah, blah, with you know, disabilities, like disability are supposed to punch up in a way. Like you're supposed to speak truth to power. Yes. You know, not be someone that's just a bully. Um, you know, um, you're not supposed to make fun of certain aspects of the religion or just like, you're not supposed to make fun of God's word and, you know, sacred things like that. But I don't, I've never really, I just look, my rule has always been if it's funny I'll joke about it and, like I guess Muslim life is funny. I feel like um, you actually
0: like, and again, for, I, I'm not Muslim, so I don't know this. But I feel like you're actually helping break down those barriers, really, when you're doing that. Like, not that it mean, not, not that, and people could probably take that the wrong way, thinking that they can make the same jokes that you are. Which you know, if you're doing I mean, that, see what See what happens. Yeah, I just don't feel like it would have the same impact. Um, but I, I honestly feel like it's actually, well, obviously it's a good thing because it's so successful, it's working. But I can't see that. Um, I
2: looked. Like, honestly, I just reckon it, everybody's got to be able to, like, there should be so many more comedians just sort of speaking their truth or like, if because comedians, you know, once you hit your stride, you just end up talking about your life and the more we sort of hear from different people's lives, like, the more we kind of understand each other and mm. I know that sounds corny and stuff, but like, yeah, like, uh, I can't talk about anything but the life that I experienced yeah. and so a lot of that has to do with me being You're a not making more. it up. No, not making up. And I always find the stuff that gets the the best response from the audience is stuff that, like, happens to me personally or that is about me, as opposed to just talking about abstract ideas. You know, if it's something, if it's stories or stuff from my life, that's what audiences laugh at most. So, yeah, I reckon, you know, yeah, like breaking down barriers, blah, 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 that's probably all true, but um, only because people, yeah, we don't often interact with each other as much as we probably should or would want to. Mm. Like, my only interaction, with, like, I don't know, like, you know, sometimes the only times you interact with people is maybe the, when you get in an Uber or, like, with strangers or when you're buying something from a restaurant. Like, otherwise we just hang out in with the groups of people that you just want to hang out yeah. with. And why wouldn't you do that? So, comedy shows are, like, yeah, kind of good windows into the lives of different people.
0: Definitely. Who would you say are some of your favourite comedians that maybe you Ooh. look up to, I suppose, in, in Mate, the game?
2: Dave Chappelle, number one. Yeah. Um, I freaking love that guy. He's um, yeah, he's like super funny and silly and Have smart. Have you met him? Oh yeah, dude. I got to open for him when he came to Australia, Far and ahead. I got to open in New York. Literally the first time I ever met him, I couldn't speak when I was introduced to him I'm because kidding. I'm such a fan. Like, yeah. my, I remember my my manager, in fact, my show Legally Brown was largely based on his format. Like I unashamedly just ripped it off, but um, because <laughs> anyway, I'm such a fan, but um. Yeah, basically, I remember my manager, she introduced me to him and she's like, Oh, hey, Dave, this is Nazim. And Dave said, Hi, Naz, I've heard a lot about you. And then I just stood there, like silent for about 15 seconds. And then she had to go, Yeah, Dave, uh, he's really excited to meet you. And yeah, look cool. Have a great gig.
1: <laughs> wow. Insane.
2: Was this at the so start?
0: Was this at the start of your career or was this?
2: Oh, this is in 2013. So right. like once. Not so longer. Just, yeah, not longer. We're just filming well, the first season a little bit. So it's bloody long now when you say it like that, but but then in two thousand and seven, when did Trump get elected? I think it was two thousand and seventeen.
0: Yeah, not big 16? in America.
2: I remember something like that. Basically, like um, I was in New York the week that he was getting, that he had just gotten elected, and um, Chappelle was doing like he was hosting Saturday Night Live, and uh, I just got tickets to do this secret to to go to his secret warm up show. It was like few hundred people um actually before yeah, the day before that i did some gig at a new york comedy club and i didn't know i think yeah, anyway so i did that gig. next day i went to i went to uh, his special stand-up show and then um they basically said oh yeah this is the warm-up act so just give him um a uh, like a wristband and send him backstage and i was like oh this is pretty cool i get to meet dave again uh but he said they literally asked me to open for him and dave just told me to go up and do f- 15 20 minutes and I was like what the hell I had no time to prepare. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was really it was a fun gig and I thought like in my mind because the audience were reacting so well, I was like oh this is pretty rude, you know? Like you you're not supposed to kill it to the extent that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, overshadow. But then Dave comes on and he destroyed it like a 100 times more than me. So I was like all right, what an arrogant prick I was just thinking that I <laughs> would do better than Dave. Chappelle. Anyway, he was so nice. Like he um Remembered my name. He remembered the other comedians. Like, he remembered Ronnie Chang, Matt Okine, because op- they also opened. And yeah, like, he remembered details about my life and, and their lives. And, like, just a super, like, obser- like perceptive guy, despite how many people he meets.
0: That's sick, man. Who else have you in the, in the game have you met to come across? <coughs> good and bad, I suppose. Has there I anyone really this been met- led a negative impact? Oh. Uh, that you can say? Uh, this show uh, is really pretty big.
2: I'm just trying to think, like, I can't actually. Oh, um, uh, like there's some secret. I don't know if you know. it's swear there's, there's some. What, some what they, they call them secret C's, Secret C's yeah, in okay. the comedy yeah, community. I can
0: imagine what they're
2: like. That is. They're like, like you know. So just there's there's a couple of people who are uh, you know it's the public would be like, oh he's so nice. Yeah. But they're like, oh my guys, there's all these there's crazy. You don't have to say it.
0: the name, but are they Australian? Is there Australian ones? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
2: talking about the Australians. So yeah. So yeah, there's, there's
0: big ones a, of that. that there's you know, a
2: couple. There's a couple. I can say a couple, but most of them. I'm not lying. Most big name comedians in Australia are like so awesome. Like, there's Mm. something about that, that like probably the old, maybe one, the older generation. That's not too disrespectful. Is is that they're just so supportive, like, and they mentor and like, it's pretty cool. Like, we've got a really good kind of group of, uh, but I don't know. Like, then at the same time, I don't know who all these new up and coming comedians are. Like, I go to comedy clubs and I'm like, who the hell are all these people? Mm. Like, I don't know who the hell they are, but there's, a bit of a shit fight I reckon amongst open micers to get on stage but especially yeah, now do-
0: with social media I suppose like everyone you know everyone's got their YouTube channels um, everyone's got a podcast everyone's yeah. doing everything like it, it just doesn't really like you said instead of now probably having to actually go on gig you can just do this and be discovered
2: yeah totally well there's like well, I don't know if you necessarily discover there's only like a, there's only so many gigs, so many rooms, so many TV shows. So you can either make it online, but to, to kind of like break into the traditional, traditional places like stand up clubs or like, you know, or television. Yeah. It's like, that's where it gets, I feel like it's, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's such a weird, I really don't know. I don't, you know, like. Mate,
0: there's, there's, so se- there's secret C's There's secret seas everywhere. I think we've just got a secrecy there, right? There, there is. Cover. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. But without yeah. the good, you don't. You know, you don't have the bad.
1: You're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. Oh, Dylan, who's your new friend?
0: TV crew, obviously, mate. Um, a lot of people would know you from "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." Um, <laughs> fantastic show. Um, <laughs> How was that for you? How was that experience? You're on it with Dane Swan, who's uh yeah, yeah. an ex-footy player. Yeah. Um That's all I know. Who was on it? Who else was oh, on it? Oh, Casey there? Donovan. Casey Donovan. On. Yes.
2: Um, Steve Price. It was. Yeah. It was, it was. Um. It was like school camp. You know. Like, do you remember? Yeah. You know, like we think back to school camp. Like we didn't have to organise or think about shit. We just. I
0: love
2: those days. Yeah, just like no responsibility like that, and and we can you get to complain about the food? Oh man, we to eat this again, and then like the activity. You just like you know other people are trying to like make you do tasks and try to help you. Really, when you think back, school camp is just like getting you to enjoy five days away, and you don't have to do any of the. So that's kind of like what I'm a celebrity was in a way for me. Like, you just go there; they're, they're looking after everything. You don't have your phone, no bills to pay, and you just eat an ostrich anus. <laughs> what was some, yeah, what were some of the challenges that
0: you did on that? Like the physical and oh, uh, eating, digesting.
2: I remember I had to like to get into the thing. I, had, I jumped out of a plane, which was uh, I've never done that before. But I also bungee jumped. And bungee jumping is way scarier because
0: I'd much rather do like I'd much rather jump out of a plane than do bungee jumping. I think.
2: Yeah, because I don't know why, even though. Because there's no perception of the height, because it's just like you, can, you, can, you can't see the ground. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas with and also you're pushed out. Whereas with bungee jumping, you're standing there and then you have to jump, and your whole body's like, no, uh, nah. The whole point of me is to keep you alive. Like, you know, um, whereas when you're in the plane, some guy strapped to you and he's an expert, and you got that confidence of someone that knows what they're doing and all that. Sort of, I don't know. So I did, Yeah, I did that. Um, swam, like, in underground caves with snakes and Bro, little, little crocodiles.
0: Oh, wow. So, I literally gross. just had, like, a little anxiety attack. Like, even when you, because <laughs> I, like, well, shit, I don't even know if I can say this. I'm, like, really badly claustrophobic. Like, oh, really? Like, really bad. Like, I, and I've never even wanted to tell anyone because, like, I don't like people knowing. You know, like, it's that yeah. bad that I don't even like people knowing that I'm, like, I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you know, with but footy, what sort of
2: space are we talking about? Nah,
0: like, confines. Like, I... Even sometimes in lifts, like, if there's a few people in there, like, I just get a little bit, like, hot and sweaty. And, you know, like, yeah. if it will, like, move around a bit, I start freaking out. But it really came from, from footy because we had the um, the MRI machines all the time. And I'd have oh. so many scans. And, like, I had my... You know, when you have your shoulders done or back, you have to be fully under it for, like, 15 right. minutes. And I was getting to a stage where I was getting, like, fully medicated to, like, go in, like, put to sleep to go in. Wow. So that cave like that cave thing and again this is just weird how so much information can commute in three seconds but as soon as you said that i had so many um dreams about those thailand kids getting stuck in that cave oh really? that as soon oh, as wow. you said that i was just like flipping out like i could i'd just yeah. go i'd leave i wouldn't there'd be no way i could do it yeah
2: that. yeah no that is um no that's because i remember I th- that that's full-on like and, and, and claustrophobia is something like sounds pretty challenging to deal with i don't know how the hell i mean yeah, I knew someone that used to go through the Burnley Tunnel in Melbourne. Oh wow! And when she'd go through it, like if she was, she would just as the car goes through it, she just passed out straight away. You kidding? Like, um, yes. Yeah, so oh, right. so, okay, that's serious. I yeah.
0: oh, okay. should never drive. Yeah, I'm not that bad, but yeah, that's pretty bad.
2: Yeah, yeah it's pretty full on. So, um makes yeah, it I'm worse fact-
0: when you're more hungover as well. Like, you know, really? traveling like in Europe, we were on those little easy jet planes and stuff, and you'd get on them. You go, geez, this was um. It's a pretty small plane. And then you're like, oh, fuck, this is actually a really small plane. And then it like oh, takes no. off, like doors are locked. And you're like, yeah. ah, it's pretty small. Like, you know, you start to flip it out. Like, yeah.
2: Well, I think like the difference between someone with claustrophobia and without maybe is like for some reason um, we don't think about it as much in that way. Like, as in, like, I think like there have been times where I, when you think about something, you're like, oh, you're like, oh I am in this space <laughs> for this amount and you can't get out. Like Then it can actually feel quite suffocating but otherwise did you so how'd you you go
0: with it though you smashed it
2: oh um yeah like the thing like one of the also yeah so when i did all those challenges there's lots of scary ones sometimes you have to climb over like little you know like almost like you could fall to your death except you're not going to um so i just used to tell myself oh well they're not going to make me die on national television uh this is clearly very safe and it's all (laughs) theater of the mind like they're just trying to scare you but like, you know, having said that, people have died on television before. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like in, in car races. But anyway, no, so I just, you just sort of, um like the bungee jumping thing, I can't remember who told me, but like, as soon as they go, all right, ready, you just got to go, you got to jump on three. You can't like, if, if you just, so you just got to just do the things that just you're
0: supposed
2: yeah. to. yeah. Yeah, you just got to do it straight away and kind of not think, I don't know. Uh, I, can't, I don't know if i yeah, I don't know. you also, you think about like people watching at home. I was just, just thinking about my friends who would just, uh, rip in if you, make, did, yeah. yeah, just rip <laughs> I remember like there was this bit where I had to, we had to like transfer food with our mouths across a line. Mm. And there's this one bit where we had, to, we had an egg and I had to pass it to Tom Arnold, who's a, <coughs> who's an American guy who used to be married to Roseanne. Anyway, he's a comedian and it kind of looked like we were passing. Nothing wrong and with so that. So my friends have sent me that. Like at least a hundred times in the last couple of years, um, just like, "How's your boyfriend, Tom?" Yeah,
0: that's fine. You fit this brief very show. Well, you fit the brief of the show very well. We're all about affection on this show. Kissing, kissing on the lips is something that we love doing.
2: So oh, there, don't
0: don't be uh, don't be embarrassed about that. Yeah, be no, look, you
2: know, I mean, I just feel bad. Tom hasn't even called me since the show. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's something to feel bad about. Exactly. Post post, um, I'm a celebrity. Um, talk me through this because I you know well done kudos to you because you are royalty in this you are the king of, <laughs> you, you're the king of Moomba now like uh, look. well like you know firstly congratulations that's awesome secondly what the fuck like what is that and like what the fuck do you do
2: but, thank you look I don't know what I do now but like I've got this crown so it's uh, I don't know if people from outside of Melbourne Moomba's like a very Melbourne thing it's like a some sort of like carnival festival thing like a what do you call it like <laughs> I really should know how to describe Moomba. Yeah, no, but, you're not selling it.
0: You've you, you, <laughs> you've really it's done it's kind
2: of like okay. The king, king, and or queen of Moomba is like um, is like a real. It's well, it's an honor. You know, it's sort of like um, it's a uh, probably. <laughs> the, I don't know. It's like the. It's a close. It's 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 the closest thing we have to like the key to the city in a yeah, way. Yeah, like, okay. So we, how you did know? like
0: how did you because you do a lot of chat like a lot of work. Is that yeah. is that something that goes into I don't the criteria
2: it, or? i don't know how it. i just got asked and i was obviously yeah. super excited and so there's like um they uh they do this kind of crowning ceremony and a press conference and my mum came and she basically like stole every scene and went was in all of the news articles right. and stories um but then yeah then you do this parade so there's like um i think they had like 50,000 people line the streets or the park or whatever and um, then th- there's like a parade with all these different floats from people with like from different organisations and dancers, and so, and then there's like our float, which is Julia. Julia Morris is a queen, and myself, and we went down this float, um, and people would wave to us. And as we're walking down the street, people were like quite literally bowing, and old oh, women were it? asking me to knight them, and uh, it was just, it was really, did you it was do it? ridiculous. Yeah, damn straight, <laughs> I did. <laughs> if I I was like hoping that I'd you know just be able to, if I walked around Melbourne with that crown on that I'd get, like, free meals and stuff like that. But I haven't had the guts to do it. But, you know, to be honest, times are tough. So I might pull it out and just uh, see mate, what I can get.
0: Do it, man. You've got to do it. Um, <laughs> mate, lastly, uh, to finish up, I do want to talk about a couple of big things. You've got the Netflix docker, which I touched on earlier, Comedians rent Comedians Around the World Of the, of the World Comedians sorry, of the World, yep Which I watched today which, Again, I urge everyone out there to watch it um, <laughs> Thanks, man It's gross How did that come about? Because it's like You're on Netflix, man That's pretty That's pretty huge
2: Oh, yeah Well, look, it's, it's You know, it's pretty great Like um, uh, I don't know how it came about I think like Netflix Is sort of like You know, they're always scoping For for comedians To, to make specials on there um, To, you know to, And um, Yeah, they want to They want new subscribers From different parts of the world So um, myself and Joel Creasy, we were the Australians that they got on for that. So that, you know, and then they had, um, Ursula Carlson and Cal Wilson from New Zealand. And they had like a couple of comedians from, um, most countries or regions around the world. And, uh, yeah, like kind of released them as like a global, um, series. So there's, yeah, so you can watch stand-up specials from different countries. And that was filmed in Montreal. Um, that's good. Which that's, is bit... Everything's in Montreal. Is that like the Comedy yeah, Montreal Central? Montreal? Yeah, it's kind of like, it's sort of like, um, so the, the Melbourne Comedy Festival is like one of the biggest in the world. Yeah. But Montreal is kind of like the most industry. It's sort of where, um, you know, like the, the industry, like so all the talent scouts and, Hollywood producers or big sort of stand-up comedians from America, they'll go there and you do like a showcase. So it's less of like uh, – like in this, the Melbourne Comedy Festival, you go to, to watch a show and it's like an hour. Whereas over there, it's just like short five, ten-minute spots. And um, it's kind of like where people get signed up and big deals happen. And, mm. yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of like the Olympics, they say, of comedy is the, the Montreal Comedy Festival, just for last comedy festival. so
0: Royalty it's, Olympics. It, that you, no, you've done. No, no, no. Look,
2: oh, I was just there. Didn't, didn't mean I won any medals, but it was, it was. Um, like I was. Yeah, you, you walk know, around.
0: The Olympians, <laughs> they rock up, but they don't. It doesn't matter if they don't finish. They finish last. <laughs> they still get the tarot
2: No, true. But have you heard of how how Olympians have to just work? Like at McDonald's, like straight after the Venice Olympics. It's pretty sad because they don't get paid a whole lot. (laughs) But anyway, um, but I just remember when I was there, like I'm a comedian that still fanboys over other comedians. And you're supposed to be like, oh no, we're all like comedians now. So you don't fanboy over a colleague. But going to Montreal is so exciting. I'm just, I just walk around taking, you know, selfies with comedians who don't give me permission to do so. Like, I'm shameless. But uh that's no, it's, it's pretty I'm 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 having a having a great time in my career, and you know, I get to do fun stuff and and pay the bills with it. So, you know, um nah. if I have to go back to tax after this. I've I've had a good run. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, tax can be fun.
0: Um mate, no, you <laughs> you're, you are you are you're absolutely killing it and, and to, you know, travel the world and tell jokes. It's it's a cool run, and unfortunately, the moment with everything that's going unfortunately,
2: on. Unfortunately, that has now come to an unfortunately
0: end. Unfortunately, at the moment, we are not allowed to do that anymore. But that's you know, once who it comes knows back, it'll that
2: ever happen again.
0: <laughs> no, no, you'll be right. I, I can feel once it. Once the
2: human race is completely wiped out, people. The Netflix good news is, mate, people
0: are going to need a laugh after this. I'm sure that comedy will be so. something that comes. But in the meantime, you have got. Uh, your podcast, Survivor's Guide to the Coronavirus, yeah. which we did talk about earlier, um, check that out. It's going well. Oh, yeah, well, talk yeah, t- t- us through it. What's been on? Yeah, have a listen. Home. That's
2: just me, just me talking shit to other comedians. Just yeah, Corona's, Survivor's Guide to Coronavirus. Also, I did a series when I went to Sri Lanka last year. Um, that'll be on Audible soon. Um, so uh, get yeah, just I don't know. We keep your eyes peeled for that and just. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'll be doing stand up from my bedroom. If anybody wants to stand outside on the road um, and listen, <laughs> I'll, I'll yell. I'll yell out some jokes.
0: Okay, we'll do that, and we can find that on your website, can't we? Because that's where you've got all upcoming oh, tours, etc. We're just on socials, you know. Um, yeah. If Nazeem. you're a restaurant
2: and you want to give me free food, I am happy to accept
0: any and all free food. Fantastic. We okay. always chuck the uh, we always <laughs> chuck the links in the show notes, mate. So I'll, I'll chuck oh, that thanks, in. Man. But um, mate, Nazim, it's been. Much absolutely fantastic to have you on the show um, I hope Thank you enjoyed yeah. it mate as much as me I've learned a lot I feel like uh, a lot of my questions have been something. well I have a lot of my questions yeah. have been answered um, as I said mm-hmm. earlier you've motivated me for the, for the marathon um, and uh, look mate I'm looking forward to, to catching up Good, uh, once this is all over and I'll definitely yeah, want to come to see it. the show
2: yep can't wait to touch your face <laughs>
0: <laughs> to, <laughs> today, today. mate today how's this for something by the way <laughs> yeah. today I was just like I was essentially going to a supermarket and, and I look, I, I'm not trying, this, how do I say this without being an idiot? Some guy sort of came up to me and recognised me from, um, yeah. from back in oh, the day yeah. and he was a, yeah. he was a, you know, a footy, a footy guy and just yeah. went so hard for the handshake. Oh! And I just, no, like I, I just, I did it. Like, yeah, I, well, that's all right. Just don't touch your face. I know, but I was just walking around Shit. for the next... But sorry, sorry, he didn't, he didn't go for one handshake. He went for two, and the last, the Ooh. second one at the end, I just did the, um, the fist bump. But oh. I didn't have any like sanitiser on me for, for literally for like forty five minutes. <laughs> I was just walking around with my dominant hand, you know, like trying to pick things out, like you know. Like, do you know how hard it is, man? Like, I have my wallet in the right side of my pants. Do you know how hard that is to, like,
1: get a wallet out of your pants and not touch anything?
2: That's so funny. That guy needs to have downloaded that app, the government one. Mate, he
0: had it. I'm not even joking. He had the app because (laughs) not only did we shake hands, he wanted a photo, and he didn't want He wanted a photo, but, like, with us, like, touching. And, like, I could see his camera next to his camera was the COVID app. I'm like what the fuck like you're obviously like fucking into this COVID thing you're just shaking yeah. my hand twice and
2: you want... that is how that is how spectacular you are he is willing to put the community's health at risk to shake your hand oh no I don't know about that I just think that maybe he um
0: secret C secret
2: C <laughs> <Don't> secret C
0: <laughs> anyway mate um, I appreciate awesome. it again have a great night no, as, man, as I said looking too. forward to the shows um, when Thank they get you. going again and uh, thanks for your time Thanks, bro.
1: Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on.
0: KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup exclusive to Fox footy available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO now also available on Hubble.